0: hi guys welcome back if it's your first time here then thank you for joining us this is the dealer's guide to preparing for your birth with me meg also known as the dungaree dealer it's the podcast where we talk about all things pregnancy birth and parenting My aim is to share unbiased information alongside a bit of friendly chit chat to ensure that you head into parenthood feeling confident and excited for what's to come. If you're new to the podcast and would like to know more about me, then go and check out the very first episode for a little introduction and a big chat on hypnobirthing, and then the following episodes for some great birth and parents in preparation. And if you love the podcast, you can now leave me a little tip to say thank you via buy me a coffee. The link is in the show notes. A huge thank you in advance if you choose to do this. The podcast is something that I research, write, record and edit completely alone and don't get paid for. So the tips that come in from those of you who have found it useful are truly, truly appreciated. Before we begin, I also want to remind you that I now have two pre-recorded online courses and they're amazing. The first is a full antenatal education and hypnobirthing course you can sign up to it and start working through it right away in your own time. There are over 30 modules to work through each made up of video content with pdf downloads, hypnobirthing mp3 tracks, relaxation tracks, journaling pomps, birth plan templates, birth partner checklists and so so much more. It's only £37, which is an absolute steal, but to celebrate the launch of season two of the podcast, you can use the code PODCAST for 20% off. Just click the link in the show notes or head to my website, which is thedungareedooler.curr.uk and head to the online course page. Whilst you're over there, you will see there is another online course, Hypnobirthing Essentials, which as it sounds is a condensed version. It's still pre-recorded for you to work through, but it's not a full course. So it might be better for you if you're at the end of your pregnancy, so maybe you don't have much time. Those of you who have already done some antenatal education but want hypnobirthing on top. Those of you who are pregnant for a subsequent time or maybe you just want a little refresher or a cheaper option. If any of those sound like you, head to the same place, linked in the show notes and check it out. Hypnobirthing Essentials is just £20, so again, really great value, and it also comes with hypnobirthing mp3s, the video content in every section, pdf downloads, and lots of extras too. I hope you love it. Go and treat yourself if you're expecting a baby in 2024. So, in this episode, I thought I would talk about what you actually need when you have a baby. Because if you follow me on any social media, you might not know this from the podcast, but if you follow me on any social media, you will know that I am not a capitalism girly. Like, it's not for me. I'm not somebody who is obsessed with shopping or who buys lots of things. I'm definitely not a minimalist. Like I like stuff, but I like, you know, quirky wee little treats. I'm not into buying stuff for the sake of buying it, I'm not one of those people who's like, I have to be prepared for every scenario. I am very much a buy what you need sort of person. And to the point where this year I'm actually doing a no buy year, which is where you basically don't buy anything unless it's an absolute essential. And you know, we're only, what are we, over just over a week into the year, (laughs) but so far it's going really well. Um, Long may it continue. Um, So yeah, and I kind of I have that philosophy with my children as well. Um, So I try not to, you know, overbuy for them. I only buy what they need. I try to model that behavior for them. And yeah, we don't buy stuff unless, mostly unless it's an essential. They do get treats. They're not like deprived children. I don't like intentionally not buy them things but (laughs) I try to you know only buy them things if they need it or it's something that they really want or if they've saved up some money from a present they can buy it themselves and things like that and yeah I had this philosophy when they were babies so I've always been like this I've always been very much into sustainability basically was the point of that long ramble (laughs) I'm very much a sustainable person Um, and so I thought I would do an episode on you know The sustainable baby essentials like what you need if you're wanting to raise a baby in the same way and if you're not absolutely no shame I do not judge people who want to buy all of the things all of the gadgets but this is you know what you need if you only want to buy the absolute essentials and not have a house that is just absolutely full of crap that you will never need If you look on like baby essentials lists or on like websites like, you know, like Mumsnet and like Baby Center and all of those like massive ones, they're trying to get you to buy stuff. A lot of the time they're filled with like affiliate ads or people trying to flog you random gadgets and stuff. And you don't need things like that to raise your baby unless, of course, you want it. So I'm going to talk about, yeah, the baby essentials, the things that you actually need, and then some of my little top tips or you know how you can get things maybe a little bit cheaper or how you can get things to hire um, and things like that so sustainable baby essentials in my opinion you know and this honestly is it's a short list it is a short list and you know this for most people will probably be the base so if you want to use this this it'll probably be your base and then there will be other things that you want to buy as well and that's fine but these are yeah these are the absolute essentials and then just add on whatever feels right for you so the first thing is nappies obviously so even if you're doing what's called elimination communication which is where you basically like train your baby to use the potty from birth you know you're still gonna need some nappies you know like what happens when you take them out in a sling or a car seat or something like that so even if you're planning on doing elimination communication from birth which if you don't know what that is you have to google it but it's basically yeah when you put your baby on the potty from birth you just hold them on top of it and you try to learn the cues and you know it's it's really interesting it's something that I kind of wish I'd have known more well I did know about it I just couldn't be bothered in all honesty when I had my babies but it's something that I wish I had maybe paid more attention to um But I didn't. So even if you're doing that, you're going to need some nappies. If you're not doing that and you're just, you know, going to put your baby in nappies like the majority of the population, then you do need them. You can, you know, get ones from the supermarket or you can use cloth nappies. So I use cloth nappies and absolutely 100% rate it. Absolutely love it. Um, people think it adds a lot more work to your days and I didn't really find that obviously there is like an extra load of washing every few days but when you've got a baby you wash clothes all the time anyway so I never really like it wasn't a hardship and if ever I couldn't be bothered like or I didn't get around to it or we was having like a particularly bad week or something we would always have an emergency like backup pack of um disposable nappies to use but we yeah use cloth nappies so if you're using cloth nappies I would say you need around 25 I think that's like the ideal number um you're not going to need more than 25 you could definitely do it with less but I think 25 is the best number for like me you know if you do ever go a few days and you just don't get around to washing them then you've still got more um but yeah cloth nappies 25 usual nappies you just buy packs as you go there's always going to be somewhere you can get them from you don't need to stock up on like hundreds and hundreds of nappies your baby is going to be going through like you know maximum 10 a day like maximum maximum of 10 a day I don't imagine there's many babies going through more than that um so yeah just get a few packs of disposable nappies 25 cloth nappies and you're done uh wipes the same thing a couple of packs of wipes the things with this is like if you are using disposable ones you can get them at any time of day there's always going to be unless you live in the middle of nowhere there's always going to be like a 24-hour supermarket or pharmacy or something like that where you can go and get nappies or wipes if the worst comes to it you know you can amazon prime yourself some (laughs) it's not it's not that big of a deal um If you're using reusable wipes, which again, highly, highly rate reusable wipes are a lot nicer on baby's skin and um, they're not, you know, they don't have any chemicals in them or anything like that. So if you're using reusable ones, you probably want around 30. And I say that because we would use them, obviously, not just on bums, use them on hands and faces as well. So around 30. And if you're using them when you're out and about, you can just, um, just like go to a toilet or a water fountain or something put a little bit of water on them I just make sure that I have um like a water bottle with me just in case we are I don't know in the woods or something and I need to use one just pour a little bit of water on a reusable wipe and use it on my baby and I find that really helpful if you want to know more about um cloth nappies or reusable wipes then I do have a podcast episode with Eve who's a founder of Baba and Boo which makes um the most gorgeous nappies and also wipes and breast pads and things like that I can't remember what episode it is, I'm not going to lie, it was quite early on, it's definitely in season one, quite near the beginning, and it's called something like Finding Joy with Reusable Nappies, or something like that, so I would highly recommend listening to that, because we talk more about it, Um, but yeah, Nappies and Wipes, obvious. What else do you need? Vests and sleep suits. Babies do not need, again, unless you really want it, outfits. Like they do not need outfits. Like they're not, it's not comfortable for babies. What their baby, your baby is going to be doing for the first weeks, months of their lives is laying on your chest. Maybe laying on the floor. Sometimes if you've got like a nice little play mat and they want to lay down there, they're generally going to be laid on you for 99% of the time why are you putting them in a little outfit with a big massive bow on the head and little pretend shoes and uncomfy pretend jeans? Unless you really want to, like, that sounded really judgy and I was not. I don't care if you put a big massive bow on your baby's head or you dress them in jeans, but the point is I'm saying you don't have to do that. If you're seeing people on Instagram in these really cute little outfits and you're thinking, oh, actually, you know, that cost a lot of money. Yeah, they cost a lot of money. Your baby will probably wear it twice and then they'll go up to the next clothing size because that is what happens. You get given so many clothes from people for your baby and you're like overwhelmed with them. You end up just putting your baby in the same things, the things that are comfortable and that you think they look cute in and they wear them like four times at most and then you're like, oh, they've gone up to the next size of clothes now because they're constantly growing because they're constantly feeding. (laughs) So my advice would be, just buy vests and sleep suits for your baby like it's going to be the comfiest coziest thing that your baby can wear um and you probably need about 15 of these and again like that's a lot that's a conservative estimate like you don't no it's not a conservative estimate. that's like a conservative estimate like you don't you're probably not going to ever get to the bottom of that like 15th one because yeah, you just end up washing all the time because babies like poo through their clothes, they sick up on their clothes, they sick up on your clothes, sometimes they get poo and we on your clothes, (laughs) their blankets get dirty, their muslins get dirty, so you end up just like with a full wash basket constantly, so you're constantly washing, so 15 more than enough, 15 vests, 15 sleep suits, um, if you're going to be baby wearing, you know, maybe some little baby booties and things like that, but they definitely don't need little fake Nike airs and things like that. Um, best in sleep suits all the way. I got like for my daughter, my first daughter, not like full on outfits. She didn't have like, sometimes you see like baby tuxedos and stuff, do yeah, <laughs> She didn't have stuff like that, but she had like some little outfits, just like leggings, dresses, tights and things like that. And I ended up just, yeah, just putting her in sleep suits once I realized that she wasn't particularly comfortable the little body shapes are not like in the right proportions for things to look right so until she was like bigger maybe like four five months that was all she wore and then I started getting her leggings and t-shirts again and things like that but she still spent a lot of time in just cute little snowsuits with a cardigan on Uh, not snowsuits sleep suits because why not then, depending on when you have your baby, what season it is, you're going to need a mixture of cardigans, kerts, snowsuits. Um, and again, I say depending on what season, because you're not going to need each unless it is the winter. If it's the winter, you're going to probably want a snowsuit, you're going to want a cur. you're going to want a couple of little cardigans or little jumpers or something like that that you can layer up. Um, snowsuits can't be worn if you're baby wearing. Um, I will link uh post I did on Instagram about this because it's too much of a topic to get into right now but you can't wear snowsuits in the sling but if you're planning on putting your baby in a pram then a snowsuit is a good shout you can't wear snowsuits in a car seat either that's incredibly dangerous so uh, yeah but a snowsuit is a good a good shout if you're using a pram because it does keep them warm um, and then you want a little coat maybe a little fleecy all in one something like that depending on the season um, and then yeah a couple of little cardigans and a couple of little jumpers to keep them warm that is it because like I said, they grow out of stuff so quickly. So muslins, you probably want about 10 muslins. Um, these are just really good for wiping things up. I always have one, especially if you're breastfeeding, because you'll probably end up getting milk everywhere. Sometimes babies spit up after feed. So just having one like across your shoulder, across your lap, having one in your changing bag. Um, people, like I was like, why why do people keep giving me muslins? Like I'd never even heard of a muslin. I didn't even know what it was before I had my fares. And I ended up with about I don't know, probably about 30 of them and I was like, what am I going to do with all these random pieces of fabric? But actually they did come in very handy so I'd get maybe, yeah, somewhere between five and ten muslins. Again, you're going to be washing them all the time. You want a couple of towels um, for when you start giving them a bath. So yeah, babies don't need bath in for the first couple of weeks. Um, You can just sort of top and tail them, use like cotton wool and hot water or use your reusable wipes and some hot water lay them down on a towel wipe them down and then yeah when you start bathing them um you want a couple of towels and also you want a baby bath seat depending on you know what your bath is like or if you're going to just have them on you in the bath but generally you'll probably want a baby bath seat and if you don't have a bath you can put a baby bath seat into a shower and just you know put the shower over their legs or whatever you're going to do the baby bath seat a couple of towels five to 10 muslins, cardigan, jumper, coat, snowsuit, 15 vests and sleep suits, 30 wipes, 25 nappies or disposable pack of nappies, disposable pack of wipes. Then the other sort of essentials are you're going to need something to get them around in. So stretchy wrap or a pram or birth. This completely depends. Some people are like, I'm only going to be everywhere. Some people only want to use a pram. Some people want to keep their options open and have birth. Personally, I am a stretchy wrap, in the newborn stage but I also like to have a pram as a backup um just you know if other people want to push my baby around or if I'm feeling particularly like fragile you know in those newborn stages super tired super achy just want to put them in the pram um I have birth but I do tend to with my babies just have them in the stretchy wrap all the time when they're a newborn they absolutely love it it settles them um as long as you know you've got them in it really securely they're going to be happy. So stretch stretchy wrap and or a pram, something, you know, to get them around the house in. A couple of baby sleeping bags. Um, I know baby sleep is a big topic, very, like, people have very diverse opinions on baby sleep. Baby sleeping bags are incredibly safe, um, recommended by the Lullaby Trust, um because they cannot, if you've got it on securely, there's not a way that your baby can slip down into them because they're secured around the arms. So it's sort of, negates the risk or lessens the risk of your baby suffocating. So baby sleeping bags are really recommended and I've used them with birth and you can use them wherever your baby's sleeping. So if your baby's sleeping, co-sleeping with you, they can be in a baby sleeping bag. If your baby is sleeping in an next to me crib, um, they can have a sleeping bag if they're in a Merseys basket, whatever they can be in one. So I would say two, maybe three baby sleeping bags, just in case, you know, well, when one's in the wash, you're going to be washing them at some point. When one's in the wash, you've got a spare, maybe three, if you know, you put one in the wash and then your baby immediately throws up on the next one because, you know, sod's law, that will happen. So (laughs) two to three baby sleeping bags is a good shot. If your baby is not co-sleeping with you, then a next-to-me crib is a good idea. Or like I said, a Merseys basket. I would advise on a next-to-me crib over a Merseys basket because I, the very first time, got a Merseys basket just given to me. Um, Someone in my family gave me it, I think. Or did my mum get it secondhand or something? Someone gave me it anyway. Someone gave me this Merseys basket. And I used it and my um, eldest was like a good sleeper. I'm doing like air quotation marks because there's no such thing. Baby sleep how babies need to sleep but she would sleep in it um but she outgrew it super fast because Mersey's baskets are not that big next to me cribs are a lot bigger they can last a lot longer in them and then ironically I got a next to me crib again secondhand I got it off my cousin but I got the second time around a next to me crib and my daughter was not a good sleeper my second and never slept in it legitimately not even for a minute ever slept in that next to me crib she was like on my chest or in my armpit the entire time until she was one and she still gets into our bed now and she's three in a couple of months. (laughs) She'll go to sleep in her own bed, but she still will wake up a couple of hours in, get into bed with us, take up our entire super king bed. Sometimes like my partner has to get out of bed because he's literally on the edge. So yeah, <laughs> don't waste your money on getting a Merseys basket is my advice. Um, unless you, unless you again, you really want to, I understand that Merseys baskets are really, they are really nice. Um, you possibly can get bigger ones than the standard size. But yeah, my advice would be if you're not planning on co-sleeping or you want to just keep your options open, get an next to me crib. Um, the next thing is a travel changing mat. So again, this is one of those things where if you want to get normal changing mats as well, have one in every room if you really want to. Um, Yeah, I did that the first time. I had like, I think I had two. I had one downstairs, one upstairs and I had a travel changing mat. And then the second time around, I was like, what? Like you just need a travel changing mat. Like I don't need stuff in every single room. And I, I do, like I said, I do get why. I do get that people like to have a changing station in every room. So wherever you are in the house, you don't have to go and get it. But because I was breastfeeding, I did this thing that I recommend all breastfeeding parents do where I had like a little, um it was, I don't really know how to describe it, it was like a carry bag. Basically, it was like a sort of fabric bag that looked like a container, I don't know how to describe it. It was kind of like, looked like a basket, but it was made of fabric. There's definitely a name for it. My man's just gone blank. And I filled it with stuff that I needed while I was breastfeeding and to change the baby. So I would have in it. Um, like my breast pads, I would have some nappies, I would have some wipes, um, I would have the travel change mat, I would have something to entertain myself so whatever book I was reading, um, I would have some headphones in it, I'd have a phone charger in it and wherever I went I just took the baby with me, took the little bag with me and then whenever they needed changing I had all the stuff next to me because your travel changing mat just folds right down, it's absolutely tiny and then if I needed to go out I just shoved it all into my bag and was ready to go like I had everything I needed wherever I was in the house. So I found that a lot more helpful than having like a big bulky changing mat in every single room. But again, like, this is just what worked for me. I'm not telling you you have to do these things. Like I said, these are like the bare essentials of what you need and then just add on whatever feels right for you. But yeah, you don't need to have a changing station in every room of the house. If you don't want it, you can just get a little like carry on like bag thing put your bits in that, carry it around with you. The next thing you need is a car seat. Um, obviously, I mean, if neither of you drive and, you know, you're not going to be at the hospital, you don't need one. I think what you need one for is if you don't drive, but you're birthing in the hospital, apparently they can be really funny with you if you don't have one when you leave. Um, I mean, I guess if you just said to them, I don't know where, like, we've got a pram, you bring the pram in, and you're going to walk home from the hospital. If you have a sling, you're going to walk home. Because the thing is, if you go in, you're not going to get, like... You're not going to get the bus home. <laughs> if you're leaving the hospital, you're either walking or you're getting picked up. Or you're getting in an Uber. If you do any of those things, you need a car seat. So it is pretty essential. The only reason when I would say that you wouldn't need a car seat is, yeah, if you were having a home birth, you were dead set on the fact that you was not transferring into hospital for any reason. Um... So, and neither of you drove. That would be the only scenario I could imagine not needing one. But it's you know, it's it's worth having one for journeys you might do. Yeah, in taxis, or with family members, or things like that. So, car seat essential, incredibly self-explanatory. Um, then the last couple of things is like a blanket. Um, some people might want like a comforter or something like that, but yeah, my first. I know it sounds mean. She didn't have a comforter. Um, she did end up having a dummy, but I didn't buy that at birth um she just ended up having a dummy a few weeks down the line um and that was I was so against it (laughs) it was so funny I was like maybe we'll never have a dummy um and then a couple of weeks in she um had a dummy and absolutely loved it for a couple of years um and then with my second she wouldn't even take one and I was more open to it that time but yeah not interested but you don't need that from birth you definitely don't need a dummy from birth it can actually impact breastfeeding so it's recommended not to have one from birth again unless you really want to I'm just talking about you know my experience um, and the recommendations but a blanket uh, and what I was saying she didn't have a comforter just because she didn't want one and um, people did buy her like little teddies and little like baby like rattles and toys and things like that and she didn't care had no interest in having a comforter but you can get one if you want to but a blanket I would say you know again self-explanatory so Keep your baby warm. <laughs> like, There's nothing more to say about a blanket. And then the last couple of things is if you are breastfeeding, you'll probably want something to catch your milk in. So this could be like a hacker, which is like um, how do you describe a hacker? It's like a plastic bottle shape, but it's soft plastic, it's squidgy, and you can attach it to your boob. So the boob you're not feeding from. So when you feed your baby, your other boob that you're not, your baby isn't attached to, will probably leak like not for everybody but for the majority of people the boob that your baby is not attached to will leak while your baby feeds um so it's good to catch the smell because obviously otherwise it's going to go everywhere and also if you get a substantial amount you can store it and you can give it to your baby so you can use something like a hacker i know there is some sort of controversy around using it because it does cause suction and i think it can maybe cause like can it cause blocked ducts or there's some sort of reason why some breastfeeding professionals don't rate hackers others absolutely love them i used the hacker birth times um at that time i'd never read anything bad about them but i know now some people don't rate them so much so it might be worth looking that up if it's something you're interested in but it's a hacker it's like a -A -A h-a-a-k-a is how i think it's spelled and you can get like knockoff ones as well it doesn't particularly i don't imagine it particularly matters that much um or you can just get like cups so you can get like um I think they're literally just called like nipple cups. But now I'm saying it out loud, that sounds wrong. But I'm pretty sure they're just called like nipple cups. <laughs> and it is just like a cup that you put around your nipple that catches the milk again. So if you're breastfeeding, I would really recommend getting those. You know, they're not 100% essential, but they're going to you know, save you cleaning up all that spilt milk. And they potentially give you some milk to store if you want to store any milk. Um, and then if you are going to store the milk, you want something to store it in. So, you know, freezer bags or something along those lines. And then some reusable breast pads. And again, these don't have to be reusable. Breast pads in general you need. Um the majority of people leak. Not everybody leaks, but the majority of people do. So some people only leak when they're feeding, but the majority of people will just leak, especially for the first few weeks in day-to-day life. And for some people it lasts the entire time they feed, even if they feed for years. Um I'm trying to remember what with me I leaked a lot. I really did leak a lot. Um and it definitely lasted at least six months. I think after that it may be lessened, but I still, yeah, I still had to wear breast pads most days. Um, so again, reusable ones, so much easier because they feel a lot nicer. Like the disposable breast pads I like the material that is like a sanitary pad material. They literally are like a circular sanitary pad and I just, that's not for me. Like I use cloth pads as well because I just don't like the feel of that like crinkly sort of papery material against like in my pants or in my bra. It's just not, yeah, I don't like it. But if it doesn't bother you, you might be fine with disposable ones and you might like the convenience. But for me, I would always recommend uh, reusable ones, because yeah it feels a lot nicer it's so comfy you can't even tell you've got them on it's just like soft against your boobs so that's better for me and you can just wash them you don't have to do any like weird wash routine with them you can just put them in with the rest of your washing there's probably going to be breast milk on all the rest of your clothes as well <laughs> it just <laughs> ends up everywhere it spares out it's pretty amazing where it gets so you just shove it in your wash with the other stuff um so yeah and if you're using reusable ones i would say you maybe need 10 And then you've got five pairs and you can change them. Some people would say more. I'm pretty sure I only ever had about 10, maybe 12. So reusable best pads, um, a hacker or a nipple cup or something like that. And then something to store the milk in if you want to. I don't think a pump is an essential, um, especially not while you're pregnant. It might be essential to you later down the line, but you simply don't know. If you're planning to breastfeed, I wouldn't be too bothered about getting a pump. Until your baby is here and you've decided whether you actually want to pump or not. Because so many people say, well, I'm going to breastfeed and I'm going to have a baby and then I'm going to start pumping after a couple of weeks and my partner can do some of the feeds. And the reality for most, for one, I can't say for most people, for a lot of people, is that that becomes completely unsustainable. Because when do you have the time to pump? You're constantly feeding a baby and trying to just like live your life, you know, trying to catch up on sleep, or maybe you're trying to go to a baby group every now and again or like eat a nice meal or something like that and then trying to add in a pumping session as well just becomes unattainable. So so many people have this idea and I did too. I'm not judging. I was 100% like I'm going to breastfeed, but my partner will start taking over one, two of the feeds a day and then yeah, the reality of that is you've then got to find two extra times to pump or you know, you miss a feed because your partner does it with that milk. And then you have to use that time to pump anyway. So <laughs> defeats the point. Um, it does work for some people. But yeah, if you're, just, if you're breastfeeding around the clock, you're constantly with your baby, it actually, for a lot of people, becomes easier to just carry on breastfeeding them, you know? And that gives you the peace. You can just feed them, you know, 10, 20, 30 minutes later, they're done, rather than messing around with trying to fit in pumping at some point. If it gets to a point where you want to pump, again, you can just get one like we live in that sort of society where you can order something and it can be on your doorstep literally within hours or you can send you know send your partner to the boots down the road like big boots sell um breast pumps you can hire them you can get them from the hospital like if you're ever in dire straits you can literally get them from the hospital so I wouldn't worry too much about it I wouldn't class that as an essential but again if you know that you really do want to pump um that might be an essential for you add it on add it to the list If you're bottle feeding, um, I haven't done this. I'm not 100% sure if there are any other essentials. But in my experience from like clients who have around six bottles is a good amount and a sterilizer. Um, And then obviously whatever you're planning to feed them, (laughs) you're going to need some of that too. But yeah, I think around around six bottles is a good amount. That's probably like on the lower end. Um, But yeah, that, that seems to be like a good number. Um, And that is literally it. That is all that is on my sustainable baby essentials. I will quickly run down the list as a recap, and then I'll give you some little tips. So nappies, if using cloth around 25, wipes, if reusable around 30, vest and sleep suits times 15, cardigan, jumper, coat, snowsuit, muslins times 10, towel times three, baby bath seat, stretchy wrap and or pram, a baby sleeping bag times three or four, a next to me crib if you're not co-sleeping or you just want that back a travel changing mat, a car seat if you're breastfeeding, a hacker or something to catch the milk, something to store the milk in and some reusable breast pads, if bottle feeding, six bottles and a steriliser and oh and a blanket. That's it, that is it. You don't need like those funky little gadgets that suck the like snot out of your baby's nose. You don't need like, um, baby monitors because your baby's going to be constantly with you you don't need those until you know they move into their own room what other things that people try and sell you you don't need those mats that tell you if your baby's stopping breathing because actually you know they're not recommended you don't need cot bumpers you don't need those um like sleep pod things that are actually incredibly dangerous um there's you don't need a baby tuxedo <laughs> you don't need baby nightcares you don't need like you can get any of these things get whatever you want I'm just saying you don't need them if you are currently feeling pressured to buy all of them if you're not and you just want to because you're really excited about having a baby amazing go and enjoy the shopping if you are the sort of person you absolutely love shopping and who has the money to do it and wants to buy all the things for the baby because they're so excited to meet them and they have a massive nursery to fill and all this stuff then do it like that's amazing I'm happy for you and I am so excited for you and I hope that it feels really really super joyful I like I genuinely do I hope that doesn't sound insincere like all I care about when people are pregnant and when people have their babies is that like as much of it as possible it's just so joyful so joyful um so the reason I've put this episode out is for the people who like me don't get joy from those things and are like oh Please let there be an alternative to having to buy all of this stuff because there is. If you get joy from just, you know, just the essentials, my baby is just going to be, you know, skin to skin with me under a blanket, breastfeeding for the first few weeks, then in a sleep suit, then in the stretchy wrap, and that's all we need. And you're thinking, that makes sense. Why are people trying to tell me all this stuff? Because of capitalism. You don't need it unless you want it, unless it's going to make you feel happy, unless it's going to make you feel joyful. So what are some little top tips? So my top tips, shopping secondhand. Again, unless you can love shopping and you love buying new stuff and, you know, buying secondhand gives you the ick, then dope. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, I am all about shopping secondhand. I haven't bought anything new for me or my kids in well over a year, if not more, and for their entire lives. I would say 90% of their clothing and stuff, just stuff in general has been secondhand. And yes, that includes like gifts for Christmas and stuff like that, like secondhand all the way for me and my family. But I know that doesn't suit anybody, everybody. But babies grow out of stuff so quickly. Um, and even like, even kids, like my kids now, uh, one of them's nearly three, one of them's nearly six. And the rate that they go through, like clothes and shoes, and even like their interests in their toys and stuff like that, um so yeah I'm always getting it second hand it saves money and it's also better for the environment so that is my top top tip when getting baby stuff but if you don't like it don't do it do what works for you ask your friends and family if they've got anything that they can pass down to you I we, there wasn't loads of babies in my family before me but there were a couple of people like I said my cousin gave me a next to me crib um and then I asked family and friends for things that we actually needed I've got in charity shops. Love charity shops. Obsessed with charity shops. Got so much stuff from there. Um, check if your local council has a cloth nappy incentive scheme. So this is something that I found out about when I was pregnant with my first, and utilised it. So I lived in Leeds. I've literally like just moved back to living in Hesel. I live in East Yorkshire now, just on the outside of Hull. But up until very recently and throughout my kid's life, I lived in Leeds and there, I don't know if they still do actually, um, it's worth checking, but they did have a cloth nappy scheme where they would reimburse you £50 if you spent that on cloth nappies because, you know, they're trying to do good for the environment. So lots of local councils have cloth nappy incentive schemes. If your council doesn't, see if you have a cloth nappy library nearby that you can hire Nappies from, and then it you know saves you even buying them, or you could just use them and get used to them, see if they're right for you. If they're not, they just go back. If they are, then maybe you buy some or you keep hiring them, whatever. But yeah, check if you've got a cloth nappy incentive scheme or a cloth nappy library, and that's similarly use a sling library as well. So like I said, stretchy wrap. I feel like you can't go wrong with a stretchy wrap. I have never met a baby who does not like a stretchy wrap. Like there will be babies out there. Who don't get on with stretchy wraps? But like, I've never met one. (laughs) I've never met one. Babies tend to absolutely love stretchy wraps. So I would always say get one of those. But then after that, it's complete like personal preference. What's comfy for you? What's right for your body shape? What's comfy for your baby? What's comfy for your baby's body shape? Like, use a sling library so you don't spend loads of money because slings are expensive. Like, baby carriers can cost a lot of money. Use a sling library, hire them. Find what fits for you, get them fit-checked by the experts who work in sling libraries, and then go away and buy one that's right for you and buy it secondhand because they're all like almost always in amazing condition and so much cheaper than buying you. Um my next top tip: if you're breastfeeding, make sure you prepare and have support to meet your goals. Um this kind of doesn't come down to essentials, but it does in a way because if you end up not being able to then breastfeed because you've been unsupported, then you do need to go and buy more stuff. Which isn't a bad thing, like it doesn't make you a failure or anything, but just if you really want to breastfeed, then prepare and have support around you so that you can meet those goals. I would say that's really important. I recorded a podcast a couple of episodes ago about, you know, preparing to breastfeed, um, no, about the first few days of breastfeeding. And I also have another episode on preparing to breastfeed. So I'd go away, listen to those and then find out what support you've got around you. Um, another top tip is to ask for things that you actually want, as gifts so you know if you're having a baby shower or if you just know you're going to get newborn baby gifts from friends and from family ask for things you actually want otherwise you will get given a load of stuff that is just going to clutter up your house so you could ask for the things that we've just mentioned on those lists, or you could like ask for an experience or a voucher so you could ask for a voucher for A cloth nappy library. Um, You could ask for uh, like someone to pay for a sling hire for you. You could pay for an experience like getting a postpartum doula. You could get vouchers for to put towards a postpartum doula to put towards having like a meal train where everyone brings you a meal. Vouchers for local takeaways, um, an IBCLC support like meeting something like that. Ask for things like that instead of just stuff <laughs> unless unless you want stuff I know I keep saying that but I really do not want to come across as judgy because this is what works for me and if you're listening to this you know it's probably what works for you too you've probably been drawn in by the I only want the essentials but I know that it won't be for everybody and I do not want you to feel judged if you want all the stuff like I say as long as you feel happy do it but if you do yeah use those times baby showers mother blessings birth blessings newborn gifts just gently, just be like, I actually have got like a very small list of things that we actually want. Everything else is taken care taken care of. If you don't want to get something off that, could you maybe buy me a voucher for one of these places? Or just take it as anything, you know, your support is all that we need. Something like that. Um, and yeah, they're my top tips. Finally, you know, I just want to say don't buy into, don't get sucked in to buying things that you don't want. This is your baby. This is your birth. This is your pregnancy. This is your experience. You know, go with whatever feels right for you. Do not get sucked in to buying stuff that you don't think you want and that you don't think that you need and, you know, that you're buying for the sake of buying because you don't have to. You really don't have to. And yeah, that's it. That's all I wanted to talk about in this episode. That is, yeah, that's what worked for me. I'm sure it was what work, will work for a lot of others and it won't work for a lot of others, but that's, you know, like I said, even if you do want to go ahead and buy all the things, let this be your essentials list, and then build on it from there, what extra stuff do they want, because there is going to be other stuff that you, you want, you know, at some point you're going to need to get a pair of baby nail clippers, like that's going to be an essential at some point, you're going to need a pair of baby nail clippers, at some point you're going to need a little hairbrush, when they start growing hair, oh my god, baby hair is the cutest, at some point when they get their little tooth, you're going to need a baby toothbrush, like oh my god, all of this stuff. If you're pregnant now, I hope this is making you so excited because it's just the cutest thing ever. (laughs) But yeah, when they're born, that's all you need. Take this as your list for during pregnancy, what do I need to buy? And yeah, that's what you've got. That's your essentials. So let's end it there. Thank you for tuning in today. Um, If you would like to discuss any aspect of your pregnancy and birth in more detail, Book in for a power hour with me, a one-off one-hour session to get clarity on your circumstances for just £50. I will pop the information in the show notes. And remember, while you're there, to check out the um, references, the links that I said I would add. And to sign up for my pre-recorded hypnobirthing course, use the code podcast for a 20% discount. I promise you, it is absolutely incredible. The reviews that have been coming in for these two courses are all five-star and all just like, mwah. I will be more prepared next time and I will actually read you one out so you can see that I'm not lying or, you know, just Google the Dungaree Doula and you can see my Google reviews over there. If you have any more questions, come hang out on Instagram or TikTok where I'm at the Dungaree Doula and please do let me know if you enjoyed the episode. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do stick around. Like, follow and subscribe or leave a little review if you don't mind. It would be so very helpful. Speak soon. See you next week. Bye.